Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Carl, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing today on the show? Guys, I am so excited for today's episode. This has been one that I've been wanting to do for years. Today, we're going to be focusing on the Etrian Odyssey series. As some of you may know, these are a series of dungeon crawler role-playing games that uh, first came out for the DS and then moved on to the 3DS, and they're all composed by legendary video game composer Yuzo Koshiro. This was really a return to form uh, a lot of, in a lot of people's minds uh, of Yuzo Koshiro. It was kind of him going back to the basics, going back to the style of music that kind of made him famous as a game composer. So, well, in, in more ways than one. I mean, yeah. not only just compositionally, but a, a lot of this music actually incorporates... Uh, stuff that he actually created on the PC-88, which is where he got his start with games like Ease and those other titles that he worked on for Falcom. That's a great point, Will. The first three entries in the series were completely made on the (laughs) PC-88. So he wrote all the music on the PC-88, and he then actually used those sounds to to pretty much create the soundtrack. So pretty much what you hear on the DS are those PC-88 sounds. He does mix in some more kind of modern drum samples uh, and stuff here and there, but it's just cool that he went back to that to that old style and people really responded highly to, to these sound these are very very beloved soundtracks especially in Japan every single one of these games has like multiple different soundtrack releases like there's like an arranged version uh, there's the original version there's like piano versions there's so mm-hmm. many different released soundtracks so people are really um, in love with this series it's a now- really cool thing musically I mean it's it's relatively unprecedented for the music to get that sort of treatment. I mean, mm-hmm. you have all kinds of games that are coming out nowadays that are trying to recreate sort of the nostalgia of something from the 80s or 90s. Um, but to me, Atria and Odyssey showed like a, another level of that in terms of the music because... I don't know. I think it takes a little bit more of a hardcore uh, video game music fan to even know anything about the PC-88. Sure. And, you know, I mean, a lot of those Falcom games. And we, we played all kinds of computer music before on the show. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's really cool that they were able to both get Yuzo Koshiro and that he still remembered how to program stuff for the PC-88. Like, sure, That's yeah. also insane to me that he's working on it it's in really the same cool. way. It's really cool. I mean, I, I, I will say that for me, though, although all that stuff is cool, just the quality of his of his music and his melodies on this series has been absolutely outstanding. I think it's some of the best work in his entire career. When you when you go back on his Wikipedia page and you look at the titles that he did, uh, he really wasn't up to a whole lot in the early 2000s. You know, definitely kind of dwindled as far as popularity. Sure. You know, he worked on Shenmue. Um, but other than that, there was just kind of games that not a lot of people were really playing. He did do a little bit of work in one of those DS Castlevania games but this in some ways was maybe like the true return to form so what's cool is after the third entry then he moves on to real instruments so the way that we're going to be dividing uh, the music today is we're going to play quite a few tracks from the first three games so that will all be FM music pretty much PC-88 sounds and then when we move on to the the later entries that's going to be all real performance so it's going to be a nice way to divide um, kind of the playlist up and I have a feeling that the second uh, part of the playlist is maybe what Will might respond to even more today I'm looking forward to showing you some of those tracks. Well, cool. Let's let's dive into the first uh, 
title in this series. Carl, when did the original Etrian Odyssey come out? It came out in 2007 for the DS, and these games were all developed by Atlas. And once again, Yuzo Koshiro was the sole composer for all these titles. So yeah, you guys heard playing in, that was called Festival of Worship from the first Etrian Odyssey game. Let's continue. We're going to play four more tracks from this first Etrian Odyssey game. This one is Labyrinth 1, The Green Green Woodlands. You guys are listening to The Green Green Woodlands from Etrian Odyssey. This is composed by Yuzo Koshiro. A nice way to kind of start off the adventure. This is Labyrinth 1, so an early labyrinth. Now, there's there's a few different kind of locations that you see uh, in every single one of these games. There's a lot of different labyrinth themes. There's obviously a lot of different battlefield themes. Those are kind of battle music. Uh, there's there's themes called Unrest, and they, there's kind of different locations that ha- kind of have similar musical elements. So this would be something like a dungeon. I, I would assume, building some of the vibey qualities that you get in a lot of RPG music, you know. Uh, one thing that's really interesting about, if you look at this playlist, at least for Will and myself, long tracks, you know, a lot of these, some of these tracks are like seven, eight minutes long, um, in, in kind of some surprising forms, too. So really was kind of pushing, uh, you know, what most other soundtracks were doing on the DS, I would say. What I like about this, it feels like any great uh, 16-bit composition it just having a little bit more of a full texture i mean i yeah. i think when i think of a like more 16-bit writing you tend to get jazzier chords a lot more yeah. sevenths major sevenths minor sevenths what have you um but also you can have textures like this where you have more of a sustaining melody and the boom 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 and all these kind of different lines working together well that's almost the best thing about this track um i mean the melody is pretty good but really it's about kind of the lushness of sounds and kind of the soundscape that he creates with all these sure. FM instruments, some kind of the soft ones, the, the hard ones. There are some things that sound like samples. Like it sounds like I'm hearing almost like an acoustic guitar, like crappy sample in a way. Right. So again, it's kind of that hodgepodge of kind of vague 16 bit kind of sounds. Um, but yeah, no, this, this is a good track. It really kind of gets you in the mood to you know, go on this adventure, I would say. So I agree. I don't know. I I just have so much fun thinking about, uh, I don't know how this is like a contemporary game using (laughs) music like this. It's just, I guess to me, it's, it's It's such a specific thing. It's like, if you were at all a fan of Yuzo Koshiro, like this had to have been a dream come true. And it's crazy to me that something like this exists 
for him and like fans mm-hmm. of his music and it doesn't exist for like i don't know masato nakamura or koji kondo yeah it really it really makes you kind of wish that that would happen or even like uimatsu like that there's not like a new final fantasy game that's going back to you know the style of yeah. the super nintendo game well i think really part of that comes down to yuzo kashiro's own interests and own kind of decisions you know he was probably the one who said you know what for this i think it would be really cool if i went back to the way i used to do it i don't think anyone was pressuring him to do that you know um so i mean i I could see with with the koji kondo example that would only happen if it was someone else's idea saying koji we really want you to do this and he would probably happily do it but i couldn't see him just on his own wanting to do that uh okay so now we're going to play a few more tracks from this first game let's move on to a track called the story of the hero's birth continues groovy piece of music you guys are listening to the story of the hero's birth continues this is from etrian odyssey composed by yuzo kashiro really strong piece of music again the soundscape is so lush and just expressive you know you have some more modern samples what with the drums and percussion but everything else is classic pc88 particularly that bass it's the same bass instrument that you hear in the sonic the hedgehog games for the genesis will what are some of your first uh, impressions of this track I think it's really beautiful. I love the kind of harmonic language um, that he establishes in this series. I think it's much prettier than I think I had imagined. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know you've you've shared uh, quite a few tracks from these games mm-hmm. on the podcast, but I'm just kind of enjoying so far what we've listened to, everything kind of being a little bit groovier and mm-hmm. pretty and a little bit more about the texture than necessarily like i I don't know i was expecting a little bit more like rock kind of stuff yeah you're gonna get some of that obviously i don't know about you but i think it's really sort of natural how he utilizes those more modern um i guess good sounding drum samples with these instruments somehow it just kind of feels right at home in my brain there's nothing uncanny about the marriage mm-hmm. of those two elements it, it feels just as classic as it's it would so if weird. it was just using noise channel but yeah. you, i think you get an extra level of uh punch and sort of expression with those different drum samples well not just is that the case for this track but even in the third entry when he uses even better he actually uses addictive drums which is a like a more of a modern drum plugin it still feels natural for some reason that combination of old and new just works really well yeah this is a that's a beautiful that's a really beautiful yeah. piece i i i I imagine this project was really sort of a labor of love. I really think it was, yeah. So, okay, two more tracks we're going to play from the first entry. This is a battle track. First of the day, we have quite uh, quite a few of these today. This is Battle Ecstasy from Etrian Odyssey. Mm-hmm. 
You guys are listening to Battle Ecstasy. What a rocking track. This is from Etrian Odyssey, composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Wow, that combination of the really pierce and, and like kind of specific bass sounds mixed with the more kind of rocking drums. It's such a great combination. This is just, this is firing on all cylinders right here. Yeah, I, I gosh, I am just blown away. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but I somehow I was expecting some something like this to feel a little bit more phoned in, a little bit more like or just like sure. I don't know, like something we've heard before. It establishes this really interesting kind of sh- rock shuffle groove, um, and I love how it starts off. I think that bass riff is really compelling. It's perfect for a boss theme, but also the harmonies are super interesting. This is my favorite part actually, right here when the PSG instruments are kind oh, of isn't that great? oscillating between those chromatic harmonies. That's so that's cool. Really beautiful. Yeah. It's super cool. And again, to me, this also furthers the th- discussion we were having about uh, those drums and how like they really add something to a piece like this that you just would mm-hmm. never have gotten if you were using you know percussion on the PC88. Well, here's the thing: not only the sound of the modern samples, I think the part was influenced because he he had an easy way to implement drums. Obviously, the drums were probably done on like some sort of DAW or something. So because sure. of that, the drum parts are able to be more expressive because it's easier to implement. Right. Where if you're working on the PC88... They feel more like an actual drum part, less sort of exactly. like... Exactly. When you listen to a lot of video game drums, it's really simple mm-hmm. and it's very like copy and paste. Often it has... You you talked about that. And that's that. mostly because it's really hard to implement. Yeah. Well, and you talked about the, the product of since you often only have like one noise channel, it's that kind of like linear... Exactly. ...drumming where you know, if if, there, if a snare is One hitting, thing at a time. it's only a snare, you know, and it kind of has a different style to it. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and also one thing I think is cool about that track and some of the other battle pieces is that it's kind of the school of more, like, I guess, film score battle music. It's not like what Will was saying, kind of the traditional ease style. It's a little bit more um, kind of all over the place and complex, but it's it's kind of this balance. Well, it just feels slightly mo- more modern. It feels mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more like, you know, if you did this up with like, um, you know, guitars and everything, this would be right at home in sort of a a more contemporary video game. Um, I guess I just, I was expecting it to be like much more of like a celebration of the cliches of old school game music. Yeah. I mean, you are going to get some of those, you know, later in the playlist. There are those moments for sure. And also, Will, you made a good point as far as talking about guitars. It is worth mentioning in the three most recent entries, there have been a lot of remixes uh, of some of this music from the first three games with modern instruments. Um, So for the most part, I tried to play as much of the good original versions as I could. Uh, We are going to play some of those kind of rearrangements of different tracks later on. Uh, There's 
there's so much great music in all of these games. So now we're gonna move on to the last track of this first game that we're gonna play today. This is Labyrinth 4, The Withered Forest. You guys are listening to The Withered Forest. This is Labyrinth 4 from Etrian Odyssey, once again composed by the wonderful Yuzo Kashiro. You know, really, in the tracks we played so far and, you know, pretty much everything you're going to hear today, for me, it really feels like Yuzo Kashiro is playing to his strengths, and he seems very self-aware of what uh, can he offer as a composer, and trying to be as purposeful, um, as intentional as possible to to make as interesting music as he can. You know, I think one of the things that happens early on in some of the music that he wrote when he was like a late teen or an early twenties adult is you don't get the sense that he spent a lot of time crafting it. It kind of just feels like this raw expression sure. of you know, it's really cool, cool stuff that he was just kind of it wasn't that hard for him to do very excited though you know yeah. like not, not necessarily super refined but with this series you kind of get the sense that there was a little bit more intention um you know put into the music sure yeah i i, I totally agree with that uh I, I think it's so clear to me why you love yuzo kashiro um listening to a track like this because i think you guys I don't know, you share a lot of similar tastes. I mean, I think there's certain musical things, um, but I think it's just a little bit broader than that. I mean, uh, clearly both of you have a love for these kind of FM instruments and just a really keen sense of the importance of groove. Mm-hmm. Um, all the rhythmic elements in Yuzo Koshiro's music are always really kind of compelling, and I think more at the focus of the appeal of what makes the song interesting. Um, sure. Oftentimes it really is about the the rhythmic elements. I mean, even in sort of the main hook of this, the it's very syncopated and catchy, and I think it's more the rhythms that make it compelling rather than the pitches. And I, I love the groove of this piece. In general, I love how kind of laid back a lot of this stuff is i mean even in that battle track it wasn't the same kind of straightforward rock thing i was expecting Uh, every track that we've heard today i think has a lot of sort of unique musical appeal i totally agree that's a really cool track 
in general, I really like that kind of style of that kind of mysterious forest. Yeah, that wasn't hear. that awesome? That's the, that's the other thing. Like it, it also captures, I think, the emotional quality really well. It's not just an interesting piece of music, but it feels like it's working as score. For sure. All right, cool. Now we're going to move on to Etrian Odyssey 2, also for the DS. I, I think this was only like a year later. Again, composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Let's play a few tracks from this game. We're going to start off with, uh, and the name of this game was Etrian Odyssey 2 Heroes of Lagarde. And we're going to play a track called Town, The Wind Doesn't Draw Heroes. Here we go. Fun stuff. You guys are listening to The Wind Doesn't Draw Heroes. It's a town theme from Etrian Odyssey 2. This is just so much fun. It's not taking itself very seriously. It's having a great time, and therefore I'm having a great time listening to it. Yeah. Ooh, I really love how funky this one is. And I like that he's actually doing a great job of kind of evoking a band with these FM instruments. Right? I mean, there's clearly like... Um, either a piano or electric piano keyboard. You can tell both by sort of the timbre, um, but also the sustain the part of too, it. Yeah. Um, the voicing, also too. that bass. I, everything. The writing is just like very idiomatic. You can really picture the band. And honestly, having those drum samples kind of helps to put everything in the pocket. The one thing that doesn't quite feel like an approximation of a real instrument is the melody. Having those kind of octave <laughs> chimey bells that just feel super classic to um, Genesis or either PC eighty eight. Yeah, Genesis that great FM sound. That's the one thing. But I mean, you can imagine like an arrangement of this. Um, everything else is kind of kept what it is. And maybe that's by like a saxophone or something. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's really great. Super catchy. Cool. Well, we played uh, one battle track so far. And this one is kind of a similar style as far as doing something a little bit more complex than what you would have heard in the 80s, uh, really, or, or, or early 90s. So this is Battlefield Scarlet Rain. Here we go.
awesome track. You guys are listening to Battlefield Scarlet Rain. This is from Etrian Odyssey 2, composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Will brought up an interesting point. Uh, I think I think he's hearing some similarities between this and Yuzo's work on Actraiser, which I totally <laughs> you <read> my hear <laughs> mind. Um, in a lot of this music. Really cool to hear that. Uh, maybe the first soundtrack when he was fully exploring um, kind of the use of more classical techniques into video games, and obviously he's still doing that to this day. This is a really cool track. Well, I mean, not not to be too technical but like to me what i really hear it's like the use of that chromaticism that's all resolved in like a sort of classical way i mean it just sure. it really reminds me of the stuff in act razor castlevania it's kind of like this refined demonic quality um to it but yeah. i really love this this track it, yeah it almost has a more grandiose uh, orchestral quality to it it's much more march like i mean he uses very simple musical techniques to evoke this though uh, to me one of them is just sort of the ostinato bass the fact that the bass is just hitting like one in five um but then as the chords change it sort of stays as a drone and it creates this unique dissonance that it's very kind of threatening yeah. i mean you hear that harmonic tech used a lot in sort of like intimidating music where maybe the bass will stay on the one and the chords will move around it um but w- what i love about video game music is you can you can try to aim for those effects harmonically and you know like you mentioned earlier that it maybe sounds a little bit like film music but it's also still kind of in the world of popular music you know it's evoking those with a little bit more accessible means yeah no i think so too another cool thing technically if you talk about implementation here what's so fun is every once in a while he subtly injects some different kind of samples in there like this one has the use of an orchestra hit as well as like an, an orchestral snare drum sample that sure. you're hearing, you know, dun, 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 dun. so it's I don't know, it's just it's done very subtly and it's not in your face because he wants it to all gel and he wants it to all fit in the same musical world and it is surprising and impressive that it does fit in the same musical world and I think you know musically it fits because you know what the what all those FM instruments are doing kind of lends itself to having that orchestral snare drum having those orchestra hits so I think that's why it fits yeah I, I really agree Carl I, I think it, it gets back to that thing we're always talking about um, with video game music where you can kind of be a little bit of a chameleon when you're dealing with sounds like this I imagine yeah. it's something a kind of freedom that Yuzo Koshiro almost didn't realize he had back when he was working on these instruments and possibly rediscovered because the cool thing about the instruments being ambiguous is like in the last track we played it can sound like a funk group but mm-hmm. in a track like this honestly like the same instruments can now they're giving us the impression of an orchestra and it's just really about what kind of music you're writing for it that the instruments their timbre almost changes in our mind because they're so pure these like synthesizer um, sounds are so pure and basic they don't really they don't carry with it a lot of connotation the way that Mm. like if you hear an oboe and a banjo and a saxophone it's just like oh we know what those instruments are be and they have very specific context that you can't really shuffle around the same way you can with video game stuff. It's a great point. Yeah, you know, this next track, we're going to play one more track from Etrian Odyssey 2, and this one is fun because it really reminds me of, it's. I think it's a, it's a, it's, if it's not a credits piece, it's like an ending piece, I believe, and it really reminds me of the ending to Ease called See You Again, kind of that sure. cheesy 80s rock sound. That's what I'm getting That's for this great. one. This is fun. This is called The Hero's Return.
that parallel section was so beautiful. You guys are listening to The Hero's Return. And again, this song is four minutes, and it has all different sections. Now we're hearing a brand new section. Doesn't really repeat. This is The Hero's Return from Etrian Odyssey 2. Ah, oh, gosh, this is so funny. He really, I don't know, this is this is a confident side of Yuzo Kashiro. You can really tell he's putting a lot of effort into this, and I just get the sense he's really enjoying himself making this music. How could you not enjoy yourself while working right. on music like this? It's so fun. I think confidence is absolutely right, Carl. I mean, he's kind of doing an interesting little tap dance where I think in the minds of a lot of people, it really feels like this great return to form. But when you really look at it closely, a piece like this would never have existed in a video game back in the 80s or 90s. Like it's So true. Just f- in terms of form and style, like, I don't know, it, it has this level of like confidence of smallness that you mm-hmm. almost never get. Oftentimes with 8 or 16-bit um, synth-based uh, sound chip music, there's almost like every instrument is playing constantly all the time. Well, you it's know, a match it, it, made we had that in, There was that really intimate moment right before it, it changed sections where it just like, it was like a new use of that. And I think the reason why it feels so right at home is in terms of, you know, the harmonic language and like the style, the genre, mm-hmm. it feels very video gamey because it has that like what Carl mentioned, kind of 80s pop rock elements um, to the music. Um, but in terms of like form and construction, it it's really something that it's actually more accurate to pop music of the 80s and less video game music. Yeah, yeah. outside of video game music. You're, you're still right about that. I think the reason for that, uh, it does feel like a match made in heaven because this game isn't like a straight throwback. It's not like it's this pixelized PC-88 sure. game. You know, the game is like a, you know, a fairly typical DS RPG. It looks pretty good. It has a nice art style and everything. So he needs to make the music be this hybrid. And that's what he really does with these soundtracks. It's not entirely retro. It's not entirely new. It feels kind of just timeless video game music. It fits the pocket really well. well. I mean, so it, it's, it does that great thing of where it's sort of like how your mind thinks of it. Like what yeah. you remember, how your nostalgia kind of colors your childhood memories. Um, but it, it's, it's taking a little bit more liberties. I mean, I think the tastefulness with the drums and a few tracks back, we had some orchestra hits and different bass instruments you know he'll tastefully you know broaden or expand upon the limitations that he had when it's um, needed when it's subtle and when it actually adds to the composition there doesn't feel like there's anything arbitrary about it well i couldn't be more excited to move on to the third entry it might be my favorite as far as um just number of quality tracks there's so many great tracks in this third entry this is Etrian Odyssey 3, The Drowned City, the last game to be released for the DS before they moved over to the 3DS and before he moved over to real instruments. So kind of his last take on PC-88 music here. Uh, Hybrid PC-88 music, I should say. So we're going to play four tracks from this uh, entry. Let's play the opening. This is called That's the Beginning of the Adventure. Very mysterious, very beautiful. Here we go. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to That's the Beginning of the Adventure, a beautiful melody that when I first heard this stopped me in my tracks. I was blown now, away. This is super modern. Like it it's really is. using these video game instruments, but like musically, like I don't know. This would be right at home in like an indie film or something. Yeah. Like it's super it it has it gives the media whatever is happening on screen or in the game like a lot mm-hmm. of room to breathe and it's just setting up a general sort of well, well i don't know about you but i am a huge fan of this soft subtle yeah. uh, sweet side of yuzo yeah, kashiro it's I something really that like it. we got quite a bit of in shenmu his work in in shenmu right. uh and it's something that i just love and that's why i'm so happy that he's able to even let's just take just etrinazi 3 if you just listen to that soundtrack there are some of the most rocking tracks of the whole series here but there's also some of the most kind of soft and beautiful moments here well, let's talk about the beginning of this i mean sure. before it settles into this sort of moodier section there's a little bit more um I guess I'd say like Beatlesy chord progression things that happen, and it, yeah, it, you were it saying feels kind of almost a like Lucy. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like kind of an overt um, send up or uh, tribute or whatever you want to say to kind of Lucy and this guy with diamonds. There's even what sounds like a Mellotron um, sample, yeah. uh, the kind of flute, like the chords. The chords are sort of similar. It feels well, like that's it's such evoking a great that observation. almost psychedelic, dreamy. 1960s thing. Wow. I would be really curious to talk with him to see if that was kind of what he was going for with that. It's so wonderful. Cool. Well, now we're going to move on to a very rocking piece of music. Uh, now, this soundtrack utilizes even more modern drum samples. Like, like what I was saying earlier, he uses a program here called Addictive Drums, which uh, sounds even better, but again, it makes it rock a little harder, and it still gels with the FM stuff. So this is a rocking track called The End of the Raging Waves. Awesome track. This is a great melody. Really, really, really in your face, shredding stuff here. This is the end of the Raging Waves from Etrian Odyssey 3. Now, Will made a good observation. He was talking about that one section where everything stopped, uh, just kind of how effective that was. Will, you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you noticed in that section where everything stops and then comes back again? Well, I mean, it, it's a kind of thing that happens in a lot of music, particularly, you know, like rock bands would do it all the time where you kind of have a fake out ending or sort of like a, a moment where like it stops back. for a second. Um, 
and it's something that I don't think happens too much in video game music, but it was this crazy effect right here. where when it had that break and then everything came in. <laughs> yeah. It, it, because all the attacks were so perfect and uniform, it, it didn't have that same kind of washy sound that you get when you're actually listening to a band. Like, let's mm -hmm. say, like a Foo Fighters song, where if they were to do it, you get this nice kind of sound of everyone coming in at slightly a different time but with these synthesizers right. they're all attacking with this uniformity it's almost a little startling it's like a really interesting effect it's like almost even more powerful than it would be in a rock band so cool two more tracks from Etrian Odyssey 3 you gotta play a Labyrinth track because those are so good a little bit mysterious right so this is Labyrinth 4 the Blue Sea Temple of Ritual You guys are listening to Labyrinth 4, the Blue Sea Temple of Ritual. This is a really interesting track harmonically. Very wandering, um, kind of, if you look at the chord progression of this track, it, it doesn't belong to any key. It's just constantly changing and constantly going in places that you're not expecting. So you don't really have your bearings, and I think that's what he wants the listener to feel, almost like they don't really know where they are. It's a very mysterious effect, but I think it works quite well. It's not, you know, there's a certain level of kind of randomness that works and then if you go too far sometimes it's just kind of like all right well whatever you're just doing whatever you want to do but this has enough um logic to it and it still has enough of a form where i think it makes sense especially this section here does feel more like kind of ease it kind of feels like classic video game music there's like an aspect of music that really excites me and it's that space where there's sort of an ambiguity where there aren't really clear-cut rules but there definitely are kind of almost musical laws of nature that people abide by. And I think you were kind of hitting on something. I mean, in all aspects of music, when something mm -hmm. mysterious is being evoked, you're right, there are elements of wanting to surprise the listener. And I think a lot of composers... Um, in melodies like that that are meant to feel wandering they'll end up kind of using similar intervals and it's something that i imagine not a lot of people have really studied and that there probably aren't a lot of specific rules on but it's that kind of thing where you kind of just have to go by your ear and use your heart to be like what feels like it's almost without rule and just kind of breaks down as a piece of music and what's kind of fitting right in that balance of evoking the feeling of mystery sure. but you still kind of can tell that you know the person who's creating this piece that's sort of telling you the story like you're in good hands you know yeah well guys i'm very excited to move on to this week's track of the week 
This is the last track we're going to play today from Etrian Odyssey 3. This is a battle track. It's called Battlefield, Those That Slay and Fall. And it's really hard to pick uh, what my favorite track is. I, it's hard to say, but the reason why I think we're going with this for track of the week, because I think it's a fitting representation of what he was able to achieve with, particularly the first three soundtracks. Um, it rocks, it feels kind of classic, but it feels a little bit more modern, and it's just a lot of fun to listen to. So with that, let's take a listen to Those That Slay and Fall fall. that is a good track you guys are listening to battlefield those that slay and fall from etrian odyssey 3 it really no matter what i feel like most people listening right now this had to have won you over um every single section is so interesting very diverse you know that b section goes off into you know it's a halftime feel and it's a little bit more exploratory and then that final section is just very interesting harmonically a lot of kind of building emotions you kind you know that something's happening and the way that he comes back to the melody just it's just really well done it's what I like about this main melody is it, its use of repeated notes and the use of syncopation, the bum, 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 bum. Right. The way that it kind of ends up, it just it just works really well. And the bass well, I think what I really couldn't like be funkier. Is that he clearly has a love of like rock music. So much of his stuff is really about these like interesting rock grooves or I mean you can tell he loves jazz and possibly funk and classical music but I like Mm -hmm. this great kind of rock being composed at the piano you can tell that he's a piano composer and he's very thoughtful and specific about his chord choices Mm -hmm. Um, it's not you know, there's, there's just, I think a really interesting quality to it. I mean, there's, there's certain moves that he's doing where it's like, okay, this is an educated composer move. You know, this isn't just like right. a guy doing what sounds good. Um, and I, I really like point. those aspects of Yuzo Koshiro's music. I don't know. To me, the whole time when I was listening to it, uh, you may have already mentioned it, Carl, but the um, 
things that that, that great kind of harmonized lines that are sort of panned to the left. Oh man, really catchy and like uh, super effective. It's kind of the thing that I kind of find myself being lost to just kind of really getting into the groove of um, those right? aspects. That's just a satisfying piece. Everything about it, I think, works mm-hmm. uh, really well. Well, you know. As fun as this has been today, now we're going to move on to all real instruments. So here and out, it's going to be a little bit different. Now, what's cool, though, is some of these tracks um, were originally featured in Etrian Odyssey 1, 2, and 3. So really, some of the best melodies I kind of have been saving up for these orchestrations, for these arrangements with real performers, uh, particularly later on. So that's going to be really cool. So now we're going to play a track from this next entry is Etrian Odyssey 4, Legends of the Titan. First game for the 3DS. This is a really chill, laid-back, groovy piece of music called Labyrinth 1, Cerulean Woodlands. So since it's a labyrinth track, you know that it's going to be a little bit mysterious. So let's take a listen to Cerulean Woodlands from Etrian Odyssey 4. Wonderful track. You guys are listening to Labyrinth 1, Cerulean Woodlands. This is from Etrian Odyssey 4, which was released for the 3DS, first soundtrack in the series to feature real instruments, composed by Yuzo Kashiro. Beautiful stuff. I think this is the best piece of music I've heard in a really long time. Awesome, man. Oh my god, I absolutely adore it. Uh, I... I'm kind of speechless. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. really yeah, am no, sort of I, touched I know by the orchestration. Um, it's sort of fitting this perfect balance. It's this beautiful little sort of chamber group. I think you could put this in um, a Miyazaki film and it would fit right at home. It's just so uh, sweet and beautiful and pure and just positive. Yeah, there's these really kind of strident uh, open qualities to the melody yeah yeah 
these really kind of sweeping things that happen with the violins that definitely remind me of a lot of Japanese film music. Um, also, well, I mean, the, the I willingness know... to sort of indulge in some of those chords. Um, but there's certain moments to me that um, just felt almost uncharacteristic of Yuzo Koshiro, but like this really luscious, almost like period kind of thing. To me, it's like a lot of that voice leading, like when you'd have sustained moments, there'd be these inner voices kind of going, or these kind of chromatic little moving lines and stuff that... Oh my god, I just wasn't expecting it. I also love how he uses yeah. the, um, I think it's like a flute and clarinet, or maybe it's two flutes, um, but doing those kind of trilling textures, it's very dreamlike, and I mean, he really gets yeah. the most bang for his buck out of these instruments. It's not kind of these symphonic instruments doing dumbed-down parts. Well, it is worth noting, I know we've mentioned this before, but if anyone um, isn't aware of, it is worth noting that Yuzo Koshiro, when he was a child, he took composition lessons from Joe Hisaashi. <laughs> So I think that can't be understated. You know, his effect, his influence on Yuzo Koshiro is absolutely evident in a track like this. Uh, and it's, we've right. talked about it with Shenmue, but you're going to hear that in this soundtrack a lot. It's so beautiful. But he puts yeah, his that own melody on right it for sure. there, particularly. Um, yeah, there's definitely a magic uh, in there. Yeah, that's really wonderful. beautiful. This is it's so luscious. Well, it's. It it, it, mm-hmm. it sort of holds true to the philosophies of great video game music, where it's a little ambiguous as to like what genre you would classify it as. Um, but sure. it's putting sort of the best, most emotional aspects of music front and center. Well, now we're going to move on to another labyrinth from Eternazi Four. This is Labyrinth Five: City of Radiant Ruin. I love this track. Here we go. You guys are listening to Labyrinth 5, City of Radiant Ruin. This is a very chill... This is good music for studying, too. Um, There's not a lot of present melodies. It's kind of these lines that are kind of fading in and out. Some nice harmonized lines and things, but it's all pretty subtle. And really, I think the focus of this track is the groove. And again, similar to his FM music, the soundscape and the lushness. Now here, you're getting a lushness with actual instruments, which is much more pleasing in a lot of ways you know 
it's kind of cheesy. Some of this kind of reminds me of like maybe like seventies film score. You know that right. the way that that trumpet is, that. is is mixed in there. It's it's a little on the cheesy side, but after all, this is video game music. So you know sometimes you have to kind of go all out for it. Kind of like the sort of Bill Conti sort of thing, or like sure. a lot of that um, Italian uh, film music that you were kind exactly. of interested into. Yeah, I also think though it's like though it's approaching moments of that, it has this really tasteful thoughtful kind of orchestration i mean the way that beautiful flute line Mm -hmm. in the beginning sort of um transitioned into being coupled with the trumpet it was almost this like orchestral french impressionist kind of approach to orchestration where one instrument transitions into another and i mean you could tell you know this guy went to school he he knows composition um (laughs) you can tell this guy studied with joe (laughs) hisayashi well yeah i mean it's like bringing a lot of those elements all these different things uh together it's sort of the thing that's so special about video games as a medium um sort of a vehicle well, now let's play a battle track from Etrian Odyssey 4. This will be fun to hear his take on battle music with real players. This is Battlefield Storm. There you go. That is some classic Yuzo Koshiro for you folks. That is Battlefield Storm from Etrian Odyssey 4. It really feels like this could actually fit uh, in like Ease 1. It just kind of feels like kind of his classic style. It's fun to hear it with real guitars, real brass. It's it's really good. I'm a really big fan of the arrangement of this track. Yeah, dude, me too. This is really splendid. Kind of self-explanatory. Super splendid work. Super yeah. good. I mean, this is a little bit what I was, I think, expecting more of the music of this series to be like this. I mean, oh, it's yeah. similar in tone to a lot of other um, modern game scores that are trying to, you know, evoke the familiar video game rock quality with um, a mixture of guitars and violins and all that sort of thing. Sure. Um, well, it's also similar to a lot of his other modern work. Like, the melodies here kind of remind me of some of the stuff he did in Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I, I think, mm-hmm. though, there's there's something compositionally um, with these instruments where it's not exactly like something that you actually would get in old-school video game music. It, it kind of feels like that, um, but there's certain techniques that I feel like he's doing here. If you were to make remake this track on the PC-88, I think it would it stand out yeah. in comparison. It, what's kind of funny is that the battle music in the earlier Etrian Odyssey 
Dynasty games, I think were like a little bit more tasteful and a little bit presenting something new, yeah. even though they were on old school sounds. Where here, when he has the full mm-hmm. instruments, it's kind of a little bit more of like a throwback or kind of a. It's presenting some of the cliches, you know. At least this battle track. There, there are other examples where it's very, very sophisticated. But for this one, you're absolutely right. I think that this was definitely meant to be a throwback. So cool. One more track from Etrian Odyssey Four today. This is Town, the Bliss of the Twilight. This is a very pretty track. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Here we go. So pretty. This kind of reminds me of like a Burt Bacharach song in a way. This is The Bliss of the Twilight from Etrian Odyssey 4. Very restrained, kind of that very soft, chill trumpet with the brushes on the snare, electric bass, solid melody, uh, kind of a change of pace from most of the um, tracks you hear in Etrian Odyssey 4. Definitely it was a standout for me. I had to include it. It's a cool track. Will, what do you think about this? really beautiful. I mean, this was a piece of music I think within the first five seconds I was already won over. I mean, I've just (laughs) so enjoyed on this episode today a lot of the slow, lyrical ballad kind of um, pieces. Definitely like the last thing I was expecting and I've gotten so much of that today, so that's just been such a treat. Right. Well, we're going to play some tracks later on that I'm very excited for you to hear. Some kind of slower ones, too. So now let's move on to a title. This is Etrian Odyssey Untold, The Millennium Girl. Now, this was a reimagining and kind of a remake of the first Etrian Odyssey game. So for the soundtrack, pretty much the soundtrack consists of arrangements of the first Etrian Odyssey. So this was a track that I loved in the first game, but I purposely didn't include it in that first part of the playlist because I wanted to play this arrangement of it with real players. So let's take a listen to a track called The Fallen Capital of Shinjuku from Etrian Odyssey Untold.
This is so beautiful. I absolutely love the side of Yuzo Koshiro. And again, to hear this melody, which again, I was a big fan of in the first soundtrack, to hear it um, kind of arranged with these these big players, it's it's so fun. This is the fallen capital of Shinjuku from Etrian Odyssey Untold, The Millennium Girl, which is kind of a reimagining of the first game. Will, what do you think about this wonderful track? Really cool. Again, this feels very sort of distinctly Japanese. It reminds me actually a little bit of like some anime music. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think when I think of anime music, I think of just like great orchestral, uh, almost like film score. But there is a lot of stuff like this. I mean, I think particularly like the marriage of um, guitars with symphonic instruments and Mm -hmm. the style of the production. It feels like things that I've only ever heard in like, honestly, like other video games or like I said, anime. Um, Really pretty well, stuff. Well, I'm I'm really really excited to move on to the the two next two tracks from this entry. This is Etrian Mystery Dungeon. It's a crossover game from the Mystery Dungeon series and the Etrian Odyssey series. And similar to the the title we just heard, it features remixes from the previous three entries in the in in the Etrian Odyssey. So you have music from Etrian Odyssey one, two, and three. And these next two tracks might be. You know what's be... crazy, Carl? The the first game came out in two thousand seven, and there've mm-hmm. been so many entries in this. Isn't series. that insane? Isn't that insane. Yeah. That goes to show you how beloved these games and soundtracks are. So you know what else so, is insane? That we both chose the word insane. I think you that's, didn't say crazy, and I said insane. We both said insane at the exact same time. I think that's absolutely redonkulous. Uh, Crap. Okay. So, Will, the next two tracks, I think, are the best two melodies of the whole series. And talk about Japanese. This one is very Japanese. It has a very... The main section has a very interesting chord progression. Um, It feels like classic video game music with a modern twist. Let's take a listen to Chalky Woods from Etrian Mystery Dungeon. is so beautiful. I love this track. One of my absolute favorites from the whole series. This is Chalky Woods from Etrian Mystery Dungeon. This is amazing. This is really amazing. I mean, Yuzo Kashiro, he's a composer with a capital C. I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, it's just sort of a lot of themes that we keep touching on, but sort of the thoughtfulness of the composition and the thoughtfulness of the composer 
um, under the hood, but creating something very accessible and easy to listen to. And um, I'll say that this is the definitive version of this. Now, it shouldn't be surprising. This originally came from Etrian Odyssey 3, <laughs> The Drowned City, which I think is the best soundtrack. Uh, so many good melodies. Crazy that, um, you know, he was able to revisit this really in a short amount of time. It was probably only a few years later. So it was fairly fresh in his mind. And maybe when he composed that, he knew that. I love the choice of instruments, uh, particularly all the kind of ethnic Japanese um, folk music instruments. It's a really nice touch. I think it's perfect for kind of the woods setting. Um, it, it kind of, to me, it, I don't know. I see sort of a lot of images in my mind. Well, it's um, so funny. It's just <laughs> beautiful. We actually have three Woods tracks in a row because we just played Chalky Woods, and now we're going to move on to another track from Etrian Mystery Dungeon. This is Ever Scarlet Forest. I think we've talked before about how, you know, there's a lot of different words for it. There's forest, there's woods. Uh, what, what's another way to describe that? I, not jungle. I guess woodlands maybe would be another way to describe it but anyway we have three forest tracks this is absolutely beautiful let's take a listen to ever scarlet forest from etrian mystery dungeon at work here folks you guys are listening to ever scarlet forest from etrian mystery dungeon wow beautiful melody incredibly tasteful orchestration and arranging um i just i love how small and intimate he's able to get with this stuff Uh, again i i mean i'm sure he works with like an orchestrator but i mean whoever is sort of credited with making a lot of these decisions i mean it's just it's super beautiful, both from uh, you yeah. know compositional level, but in terms of the presentation, it's just sort of impeccable. I, I love all the chords. Yeah, this was originally composed for Etrian Odyssey 2 uh, and was rearranged for this game, Etrian Mystery Dungeon. This just couldn't be more beautiful. Wow, it's probably the most beautiful piece of music that he composed for this series. Um, and again, this is, I think, the definitive version. I mean, I love the emphasis on the woodwind instruments, whether it's English horn or oboe or clarinet, mm-hmm. flute, and then with just sort of that string texture Doesn't underneath. Doesn't that work so well chords. for forest music, like mysterious forest music? It's just yeah, so particularly perfect. like double reed instruments, um, oboes, bassoons, there's English an earthiness. Horns. They, yeah, there's a them, quality yeah. to it that maybe there's this like sort of i mean 
they descend from a medieval instrument called a shawm. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, sort of those double reed instruments, like they existed way before like clarinets. And so mm-hmm. it's possible they have this kind of cool, there's something about the forest that I think makes us think of like fairy tales and things from well, the past. Well, it is kind of fun to know that it's actually wood. You know, it's a, it's a that's wood. That's true. Yeah. The, the literal maybe, connotation yeah, of that, wood That's winds. cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is the last track of the day. It's from Etrian Odyssey Untold 2, The Fafner Night. Now, similar to the first Untold, you should probably know that this was kind of a remake of the second game featuring, you guessed it, rearrangements of music from the second game. So with that, we're going to play a beautiful track called Labyrinth 6, Forbidden Forest. Guys, thanks so much for joining us this week for our episode on Etrian Odyssey. I've been looking forward to this for years, really. Absolutely in love with these soundtracks. They're all so good. You should definitely get them. Uh, There's so many different versions available. I'm the biggest fan of this series, and I was so glad to share this with all of you guys. So thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah, this is really sort of a treat. Um, Definitely nothing else like it. It's crazy how um, recent a series it is and how there really is this auteurism with uh, Yuzo Koshiro. I mean, this one composer kind of creating the entire portfolio of music. Um, But it really is able to be kind of diverse just going from kind of that FM stuff to this Mm -hmm. really luscious kind of chamber orchestra music. Um, But also it's like it's not necessarily two completely different genres. I mean, there's all kinds of different music that exists in this series. And it's for, in terms of the FM stuff, I mean, I don't know. I, I heard pieces of music today, particularly in the first three games, that are unlike anything else I've ever heard. I think um, And so I think too. that extends once you get real performers. I mean, I think uh, it really doesn't feel like this cut division between two different types of composing. Yeah. There really is this sort of through line emotionally. Yeah, this was an absolute blast. I want to give you guys one more plug. Uh, MAGFest, is, when, when this episode comes out, is just in a few days. Uh, so we want to let you guys know that one more time, we're going to be doing a panel on February 20th, which which is Saturday at MAGFest. It's at 9.30, uh, and it's going to be in panel two. So we hope that anyone going to MAGFest, definitely check that out, and we'd love to hang out with you guys after. Uh, we, we do want you guys to stick around for the playout. It's so cool. It's called Hoist the Sword and Pride in the Heart from Etrian Mystery Dungeon, originally composed for Etrian Odyssey 3. Really awesome track. We'll be back with you guys next week. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace <laughs> out.